Hi, I'm Marilyn Dennis, and this is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. Canadian entrepreneurs Wes Hall and Kelly Keene are my guests today. Two motivating conversations, one clear message. A good work ethic sets the stage for success. In his inspiring memoir, No Bootstraps When You're Barefoot, Wes writes about his journey from growing up in poverty in rural Jamaica to climbing the corporate ladder in Canada and how the compassion, grit, and determination of his grandmother was his saving grace and shining example. Here's my conversation with Wes Hall. So let's talk about this book that you wrote and, and tell us about the No Bootstraps When You're Barefoot, about the story. Well, you know, people always say in business, you know, I bootstrap my company. Ah. But what happens when you have no boots? Yeah. You're barefoot. How do you bootstrap your business? And people always use the expression, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Yeah. So I've done that. that to yeah. my son. Yeah, pull yourself up. Yeah, that's right. But if you have none of those things, yeah. if you have no boots, how do you do that? And, and it's really about starting from nothing. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't wear shoes to school because that's a waste of shoes. Shoes is for special occasion. You just wear shoes when you're going to a funeral or when you're going to church. That's it. And so when I, when I go to school with no shoes on, kids would be like, look at this kid. He's poor. He has no shoes on. What am I going to do about that? And what was that? Okay, so Jamaica, little yeah. kid. Yeah. It's, there's so much to his story. You've got to get the book. <laughs> but the, the thing is, what is the dialogue at that age when you're hearing those types of comments? And honestly throughout your life? Yeah, my grandmother grew up in a, uh, we worked, she worked in a plantation, sugarcane, banana, and coconut plantation. That's her, yeah, Julia Vassell. Yeah. And she's the most amazing, amazing person. And, uh, and so when, when I grew up, I have 14 brothers and sisters. I have no full brothers and sisters, none. None. I'm one of one, okay? Wow. And so we, most of us was raised in that plantation house, two bedrooms. And, uh, and I worked on a plantation when I was a kid. Yikes. Could you imagine that? No, not from, at all. In, in, in less than 40 years, I was able to go from working on a plantation with no shoes to being on your show. And to be on and, and it just shows really what's possible. And it shows how great this country really is that somebody can go from there, get the opportunity to come to Canada, and then mm -hmm. here I am on Bay Street, at the very top of Bay Street. And so when, when my grandmother, but the example that I got was from watching this very hardworking woman. Didn't work. she take you on when she was like 60? She was 60 years old. My, my, my mother abandoned us, three of us, in the house. And I was uh, 12 months and she came, and, and we were crying because there was no food. Yeah. And then a neighbor heard us crying and came over and said, what happened? And my sister, who was four at the time, my brother was six months, they said, my, we have no food, there's no porridge left. And where's your mother? We don't know. Wow. She left, mm. and we're by ourselves in that house. And my grandmother was at the plantation, so this man on the bicycle went to get her, mm. and she came to get us, Amazing. and she was 60. 60. So could you imagine, you know, you're about to retire, and then you have like nine kids, no. grandkids at home that you're looking after. And then you got to now pick up three more. Three more. Three more. And she didn't say, God, why me? Never. And she didn't go, listen, we got to figure out, we got to find an orphanage to put you guys in. She went, I got to figure it out. And she figured it out. She figured it out. So I tell the story because if I didn't tell that story, yeah. 
I would be dishonoring her. I would well, be dishonoring the hard work that she put in to create this person today. And so I had to tell the story, but I also had to tell the story because there's a lot of people who are going through what I went through as a child. Mm -hmm. And they, they don't see a way out, especially after the pandemic and mental illness and so on. Yeah. That's it. And you just, you go, oh, you know what? I got to end it because yeah. there's no out. And when they read my story and see the start and the finished product, mm -hmm. they're going to go, okay, there's hope. I there's hope. Look. Because you say here that this is not a, a manual. It's this not. is a story. This is not about, this is how I got successful. Yeah. This is the journey. You know, when I grew up with my grandmother mm -hmm. and my mother came back in my life at 11 years old and she identified me as the child that she's going to take to live with her in the city. And I thought I won the lottery. Yeah. I'm like, wow, I'm going to live with this. Mm -hmm. I thought my mom was a celebrity. I went to the city to live with her and I was beaten to a pulp practically Terrible. every day. Every day. Three years, right? Yes. Three years. Three years. And at 13... She packed my bag and threw it out and said, you're a man now, go on your own. I've and been where, on my, did, where did you go? I just hustled. Between 13 and 16, I hustled until my dad said, you can come live with me in Canada. And I came here September 27, 1985. And that changed my life. Completely. And so when you came to Canada, again, what's that voice saying to you? Another chapter, another, yes. some hope up there. I can, there's something I can do. What was that 16-year-old thinking when he lands in, in Toronto? So I didn't remember anything about the journey from where I was living in Jamaica to the airport in Jamaica. Wow. I remembered everything from the Pearson Airport trip yes. when I landed there yes. here. Yes. And I went and I saw my dad with my siblings that I've never met before and his wife that, I've, that I'd never met before. Yeah. yeah. And we get into this big car called Betsy. <laughs> and and uh, we're all loaded in this car. Right. And we're driving on the highway, never seen anything like it before. And he brought us to Malvern. Now Malvern was, and still is, one of the toughest neighborhoods in, it is. in the city. It is, yes. But what I saw was uh, a, a home in a subdivision, right? M dirts and all that, but I go, this is success. I go, I wanna be like my dad. He had a house, he had a big car, he had a family, and he worked at a factory. I'm like, that's success, that's, that's success. a Canadian dream, I want that. So many great stories in here. So It's so hopeful. What would you say to anybody right now that is looking for hope besides one, you should purchase this book, but what would you say to them right now? Just something they can take away with them today. I would say that uh, there's always light at the end of the tunnel and it's, it's not always a train. And uh, if you work hard and apply yourself, you can be anything, absolutely anything you want to be. And never, ever let people tell you, because of your station in life, that's where you belong. It's up to you to write your destiny and write your own story. An inspiring man encouraging all of you to read Wes Hall's memoir, No Bootstraps When You're Barefoot. It is out now. Speaking of climbing the corporate ladder, the way we work has changed dramatically as a result of the pandemic. I chatted with another successful Canadian entrepreneur, personal finance expert Kelly Keene, about how many people are re-examining their lives and the impact of some of the latest work trends like quiet quitting. So here we go. What is quiet quitting to you, Kelly King? Oh, okay, I know there's so many versions of it. It's yeah. not actually quitting your job. It's no. the old, you know, it's not new. It's dialing it in. It's just slacking at work. Yeah. So, um, but it, it's a huge trend right now. And think about, you know, a lot of people during the pandemic, their life changed, their work life changed. And now that they're getting back to the office, yeah. 
They're thinking about work-life balance. So And boundaries. And boundaries, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And if you're in a union, you know, you probably have a union looking after you, but a lot of people aren't. So right. they're kind of re-examining like what's important to them. The most important thing is if you feel that this trend is is, you know, you're kind of identifying with it. You want to look at, is that job right for you? Is, you know, do you need to make some changes? Is there too much stress at work? Like, what are the issues talking to your employer? Yeah. But, I mean, it's never been an easier time as well to stand out. Yes. It's never been easier to really lean in and show your passion and show your love. And you know what? If that job isn't it, you owe it to yourself, your career, and your employer to either talk to them about it or maybe... You yeah. know, we'll talk about side gigs in a minute and find something yeah. that juices you up. Well, let me let me tell you something. Quiet quitting, I think, too, is it, it just that the breaks went right on, didn't they? Yeah. And then you got to think about what was important to you. And I get all that. I get all right. that. Um, but I'm also from that the dentist family. <laughs> get out there and you start working and you're right, right? The keen family yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's not it's not a it's a failure almost to communicate with yourself yeah. and with your employer. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been an entrepreneur for 17 years and I was with large corporations. You can't quiet quit. You got to get better and better and innovate more and do better for your clients or whatever. So, um, yeah, I I do. uh, Yeah. And I mean, remember too, some job that you hate, someone might love. I know they might love. So, but, but again, it's, it's, you know, working through what's going to make you happy. That's right. That's right. And some people are just stuck as Joe Rich always said, they're just stuck and they're afraid to to try something different. Financially, you got to be very careful. Yeah. You do have to be very careful because not only are you maybe going to forego a paycheck or, you Mm -hmm. know, that overtime, um, but also those career prospects and also not getting ahead because who gets the promotions. It's usually rewarded to the people who are doing above and beyond. So here's what I want you to think about. So many people, Marilyn, that have confessed to me that they are quiet quitting. Think about a side gig. It has never been an easier time to start an online business. It'll invigorate you, get you excited. It might even spill over into your day job. If you think about what happened during the pandemic, like companies like Square really allowed you know, bricks and mortars companies yeah. to be able to go online. They might not be here if it wasn't for that help. And now yeah. Square actually has an integration with buy now, pay later with Afterpay, where it let's say you start a little side hustle, you start a jewelry company or you know, holistic pet food. I don't know what you want to sell. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can offer that to your customers and hopefully increase your sales. Good for consumers, good for you. So so I wish I had I that know. when I was starting out. Yeah, I know. No kidding. Okay. Oh no, how gosh. long have you been an entrepreneur? How long? 17 years. Well, after corporate. (laughs) Tips if you do quit your job. Put as much as you can into your savings. Absolutely. I mean, this is essential and something that I love. There's so much found money. CRA was giving out checks this summer. If you don't know if you qualify, get online and see. Just log on to your account. Also, you can go back on your taxes. There's a company called Family Tax Recovery. They do that for you. There's free money out there. So make sure you're looking for all the free money you can get. Keep your debt load low. Low. This is not the time for vacays if you're thinking about quitting or that luxury vehicle. This is getting back to the basics until you find that dream job. Do everything you can to keep those living expenses low. And the last one you want us to think about is reinvesting in yourself, meaning? Meaning maybe going back to school, using your RSP for yourself. You can actually even use it for yourself spouse. I mean, I was in the finance industry. I never thought in a million years I'd be sitting with Marilyn Dennis and seeing you like you can still have your your industry, but take it to a different level. I I wasn't a writer and I've written 11 books. You can do it. Yeah, I want you to get up and be excited about your life. We just get one. 
Words to Live By, Wes Hall and Kelly King, sharing their path and their wisdom on how to carve out a career path that brings you joy and money. Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.